Hi everyone, a few weeks ago we had a powerful combined church camp over the weekend called the Axe Church UK Getaway, and here is one of our recorded sessions. We hope that you'll be blessed by it. Who's ready for a session filled with uh, lots of life testimonies and lots of life experiences? Yeah? And uh, before I invite the panelists up, please allow me to pray. Amen. Thank you God for the day, Lord, and thank you God for giving us this opportunity to share, to, to share our experiences, to share our thoughts, to be able to be your vessels to spread your word, O oh Lord. We pray that each and every heart today will be touched. We pray for each and every heart to have personal encounters with you this morning, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okie dokie. So, I have five panelists for you today. So, I'll introduce them one by one. So, please, before I introduce them, please do encourage them as they share. Because who knows, it's not easy to share in front of a big crowd. Yeah? I know it's not. <laughs> so, I'm going to introduce the first person. So, he works in one of the top four auditing firms in the world. He is also our ex-Bristol plant coordinator. Let's welcome Tio! Okay, okay. The next person is at the forefront of fighting the COVID pandemic in, in, the, in the hospital. She's also our correspondent in Edinburgh. No. <laughs> She's also our ex-Edinburgh plant coordinator. So please welcome Rachel George. Woo! <laughs> okay, the next person is doing a PhD on the cutting edge of cellular biology. She is uh, she's in her last year, so she's going to publish her paper soon, so look out for that. So let's welcome Bess Yu! And the next person is also fighting the war on COVID in the hospital, and she's also a very good homie. <laughs> and uh, she, we've been blessed to have her in our home. So please welcome Hannah. <laughs> and the last person is doing a PhD to counteract cancer. Ooh. Ooh. And her name is Gillian. <laughs> Okie dokie. So now you see all these happy faces here. And they'll be, they're, they're ready to share with you. They're ready to sow their lives into your hearts. So please do encourage them as they speak. Please do let them know how you feel. And also, we want to have an open dialogue. So later, we'll have open up the floor to questions as well. So feel free to ask questions later on. And let me give you the theme for this session. So we want to prophesy. We want to say that uh, when, 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 when real life things happen, God is always there to provide. Amen? Yeah. So we want to prophesy that when we're going through challenges, God will always provide. When we're going through tough times, when we're going through good times, it's always good to prophesy into our own lives. Amen? Amen. So let me start things off with an icebreaker. So maybe, Tiong, you can start things off with two questions. So one is, tell us a bit about yourself. And number two is, um, tell us something that will surprise us. <laughs> cool. Hi, guys. I am uh, Tiong. Uh, and yeah, as Gareth kindly... Kylie introduced. I'm the uh, ex-Bristol coordinator. I am working uh, as an auditor here. Well, not here, but here in Bristol. Uh, but not here in Horsham, if you get what I mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah so good to be here. I think something, something that will surprise you guys. I think I'm, I'm quite boring, so <laughs> not a lot of surprises. Uh, but I think growing up, uh, there's something quite interesting about me uh, is that you know I have this condition called uh, anisomerotropia. Um, don't worry, it's nothing serious. Uh, <laughs> I say condition, so you all go like, ooh, but it's not that serious. Uh, basically, what it means is I got uh, I'm both long-sighted and short-sighted. So I'm short-sighted on my right eye, but I'm long-sighted on my left eye. 
yeah, so it does correct each other. Uh, but when I, when I look at something close for too long, so when I'm studying or I'm doing work, uh, it strains my left eye. So what happened was growing up, uh, my left eye, even though the power is very low, uh, because it's long-sighted, I'm strained so much that I started using my right eye more, and I started developing a lazy eye on my left eye. And the optic optician or optimist Ophthalmologist, yeah, said basically. <laughs> that's why, that's why I got a doctor here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she basically said, uh, if I if I don't train my left eye, I will go blind in my left eye. Uh, and so yeah, so growing up it was like a you know, uh, fun thing lah, knowing that you know, uh, <laughs> knowing that I have to practice my eyes, uh, train my eyes. Uh, but yeah, that's something I guess interesting. If you, yeah, I'm gonna pass it on to yeah. Rich. Thank, Rich. Thanks, yeah. Jung. Yeah. Rachel, go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Um, there's a lot of Rachels in the building. Um, <laughs> I'm Rachel from Edinburgh. Um, what was the question? Right, introduce myself. Oh, okay. Um, so, I currently work in Edinburgh. Uh, I'm a doctor there. Um, hmm, I'm from Penang. Lots of excitement for Penang. <laughs> um, something interesting about me. I had a really difficult time thinking about this. Um, but... I think if some of you who know me or like know me from church um, see me very extroverted of a person, you know, I'm very, very loud. I'm like, ah, all the time. Like, I can't stop talking and laughing. But actually, if, you, if you're in Edinburgh with me, you will know that I'm truly secretly a bit of a, a, bit of a massive intro. <laughs> um, so I actually, um, like, uh, yeah, you see, see, nobody believes it. Nobody believes it. But Florence lives with me during the lockdown for four months. I'm sure she can testify that after a bit of like socializing, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I need the rest. So for three days, I'm like, yeah. So you only see the three days. And then the, like one week later, it's like, oh, get up, get up. <laughs> need to stay at home, need to sleep. Um, so yeah, I think that's a common misconception that I'm very, very, very extroverted and get my energy from like being outside. But actually, I'm like, ah, and then I go home and like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, thanks Rachel. And uh, yeah, so give her time to rest, huh? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Bess, go ahead. Cool. Hi guys, um, my name's Bess. Hi Bess. Um, I am studying at UCL. I'm doing. I'm in my fourth year, my final year of my PhD. Uh, as Gareth um, mentioned. Um, Elsa. Oh, what's interesting about me? The surprise? Okay. <laughs> well, with me, it's, it's always about food, right? So, <laughs> um, actually, I don't like tofu. I don't know if that's surprising to people. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's about me. Alright, yeah. So, don't, don't feed best tofu. And, uh, yeah, Hannah, go ahead. Hello guys, I'm Han Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hi Eunice? <laughs> um, I'm Hannah. Oh, right, okay. Hello, hello. Uh, I am I'm from Hong Kong, but I moved here uh, for uni. I used to live in Bristol. Uh, great city, great city. London is also okay. <laughs> Just joking, joking, joking. Um, and uh, I work as a, as a junior doctor for the NHS. Just kidding. I love London. Um, and surprising thing about me, uh, one time when I was younger, I used to own a pet scorpion. Um, <clears throat> that is, <laughs> it escaped. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
yeah, you should have seen my mom standing in the middle of the living room on a chair. She didn't get down until we found it in my boot <laughs> later on. It, it didn't live very long. But <laughs> Ooh, thanks, Hannah. And Dylan, go ahead. Hello. Oh, hi guys. I'm Gillian. Hi. Um, doing a PhD at King's College London. <laughs> okay. Um, one thing that will surprise you about me. Um, <clears throat> mine is a bit boring, but <laughs> I have been to more than ten concerts in my life. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. So you're going to go to concert, go with Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So now that we've warmed up a bit, let's get into the, the, the tough questions. So how many of you guys know that when you're at school or at work, when, when you're at college, it's very busy? And life gets very, very tough to prioritize, right? So if sometimes we get busy at work, sometimes we get busy at studies, sometimes it's hard to honor God when our schedules are so busy. Sometimes, like let's say on Wednesday, there's a, there's a work meetup, but you also have homes. So what do you prioritize? Do you prioritize homes? Do you prioritize work meetups? And like, what, what, what goes through your mind when you make those decisions? So the first question I have for the panel is, what's it like balancing work and personal life? Oh, okay. oh, oh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, I think if I just give you a background, uh, being an auditor, you know, I was just talking to Dick Vin yesterday, uh, and uh, Dick Vin said his wife used to be an auditor as well, uh, and uh, it, it is tough, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, like being doctors and, 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 and PhD students as well, and all that you do uh, is, is tough in that, you know, you've got, you've got a lot to commit to. I think I, I, think I shared this before in a couple gets way back, uh, that... Um, on a, on a busy week, uh, so things do get busy, uh, and on a busy week, sometimes I work almost 80, 90 hours a week. Uh, and, and, and that means, you know, get up 6 o'clock, by 6.30, 7 o'clock, be at work, all the way to like 2, 3 a.m., and then go to bed, and then get up again. Uh, and like for three months sometimes. Uh, and, and, and yeah, um, I think, how do, how do we, I guess, how do we prioritize the honour of God? I think... Uh, really, I've really learned by experience in that. I think I remember, you know, the, uh, or thinking about honoring God. You know, I think of, you know, uh, just even now, so being having the privilege to serve as, I guess, coordinator of Ex Bristol. Uh, Rachel, you can you, you can attest to this, but it's it's not easy. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot to commit to. Uh, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I you know, there's there's homes, there's there's, uh, there's prayer meet, you know, then there's church. Uh, making church, making sure church happens, and you know, there's all these background, uh, behind the scene things that happens. You know, all the admin, all the report writings, uh, and and also, you know, like you know, even thinking about you know, catching up people. By the time I come back from work, I go like, I just want to be alone. Uh, <laughs> I really just want to be alone. And and then you go like, oh, but what about this person? I haven't spoken to this person for a long time. That person, you know. Uh, and 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 I remember, you know, when um, I first, you know, uh, I was start, I was just started working and. I remember Pastor Cat, Pastor Dave, uh, and and uh, Pastor Kenneth and Pastor Sandra came, came uh, well came to Bristol, uh, and basically it was a time where uh, there was a site transition. Uh, I remember Pastor Kenneth uh, asked me, uh, you know, are you up for taking the role of coordinator of Ex Bristol, right? Uh, back then I was kind of you know being involved in church, uh, but not 
in, in this capacity yet. Uh, and, and, and Pastor Kat, you probably remember this, but I, I didn't say yes, okay? Uh, if I'm honest, okay, if I'm really, really honest, I didn't say yes. Uh, I said, I'm willing lah. Uh, I said I'm willing. Then, then I said, but you know, uh, there's a lot of things you know you need to, pastor, you need to consider. Uh, I, I, one of the, I, basically in that split second, a lot of things came to my mind. You know, like work is crazy already. How am I going to, uh, uh, yeah, how am I going to just you know have the time to to do all of this? Uh, I think one of the examples I gave, you know, uh, as 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 I said, you know, pastor, I'm willing, but you know, things like homes, you know, uh, I travel a lot for work. Uh, sometimes not around. Uh, how do I come back? Uh, how's, who's going to manage homes, you know, if, if, if things like that happen, you know, so I'm like, willing, but, you know, not sure lah. It was my way of saying, you know, um, maybe someone else. Uh, yeah, uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, and, 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 and I think, I think even as, 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 as the years go on, I realise that, you know, actually God is really good uh, and that when you honour Him, He really honours you in return. Uh, and, 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 you know, I remember back then also, I was doing, as part of my, 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 uh, my graduate scheme, uh, so my first three years as part of my graduate scheme, the company says, you need to study as well. You need to do your chartered accountancy exams, uh, the ICAW, uh, the ACCA equivalent, if, if, if you're not familiar with that. But basically, it's like, you know, you work full-time, but at the same time, you study. Uh, and by the end of three years, you must get your chartered accountancy. And uh, the company pays for exams, gives you some holidays, uh, like two weeks before the exams, to go for class for two weeks, revision, and then, and then exams, right? Uh, and then, uh, so the idea is, you no, know, you can't be last minute, you have to be studying like over the weekend, and, you know, evenings and things like that. Uh, but uh, I, as, as I, was, I got more involved in church, uh, that was, I think, uh, yeah, my second year of working. Uh, uh, so it was, I was right at the thick of studies, getting harder as well. Uh, I remember, you know, going to church uh, on Saturday, you know, whole Saturday, even though it starts in the afternoon, you know, there's a lot of things to do in the morning, you know, prep, uh, during the week, you know, there's practice and things like that. And then Sunday, by Sunday comes, I'm like, time to study, but uh-uh, no, not happening. I'm too tired from, from the Monday to Saturday. I'm just in bed. <laughs> and, and a lot of my colleagues are, you know, in the office, you know, retreat office, like library. Uh, so uh, Saturday, Sunday, you go, you're in the office studying. Uh, so my colleagues will have a study group studying. Uh, but the good, the amazing thing was that, you know, every time I go into exams, uh, I, I go into exam going like, you know, God, Mondays, like on Monday, I go like, no, God, today's my exam. But Lord, I, yeah, I was at church on Saturday, uh, so Lord, help me. Every time I go for exams, I come out, I go like, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but every single time, God has never failed me, and I've never failed a single time. Uh, and, and the crazy thing was that a lot of my colleagues actually at least failed once. Uh, and, and a lot of them asked me the question like, you know, hey, we don't see you in, 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 in the study group. Like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, uh, and, and that's the truth. Like, I don't know because uh, it's really God. Lah. And, 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 and really, it's, 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 I, think, I think through experience, I've really learned uh, and, and, and I'm still learning. Uh, but you know, even as you trust God uh, and prioritize God, uh, sometimes you know, when we say balancing work and life, we say balancing work and, 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 and God, right? I think a lot of the trouble that we have is, the struggle that we have at least is, uh, we always feel that, you know, um, that, that, that one thing is more important than the other. And it's always work that's more important. Uh, because the truth we told is there's always going to be not enough time. There's always going to be things to do. 
uh, and and uh, uh, I you know uh, I'll just end with this short uh, story scripture. Uh, basically, you know, a uh, couple weeks back we were just talking, Pastor Cat, Pastor Dave, and and us, you know, uh, we were just talking and uh, we were just talking about you know preaching, right? Uh, and then Pastor Cat said, you know, Tiong, I know what your favorite passage is, uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah, I think you know because I always preach from the passage. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and if you don't know, it's basically uh, Peter walking on water. Uh, and I love that story because uh, I, I really, really connect with Peter, uh, always saying the wrong things at the wrong time, doing the wrong things at the wrong time. Uh, but also, um, I love that story because uh, uh, every time I read it, it speaks to me. Uh, and you know, the story goes, for those of you who are not familiar with the story, is that you know, Jesus, uh, after a long day of ministry, uh, so the context is they just fed the 5,000. Uh, and Jesus said to his disciples, you know, I want to go and pray uh, on, the, on the mountain. So why not, he told his disciples, why not you go to the other side of the sea, right? Uh, and so he sent his disciples. And as the disciples were going, uh, there was a storm. And, and it was such a, such a fierce storm that, you know, the disciples, a lot of them are fishermen, by the way. Uh, it says that in the, in, in the Word of God that, you know, they were afraid for their life. Uh, and what happened was Jesus uh, walked towards them uh, on water. Uh, so that was the 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 the, the, the yeah the the, the 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 story of Jesus walking on water. And as they saw Jesus from afar, they were like, you know, this is a ghost. Uh, but Peter said, you know, if it's you, Lord, uh, ask me, uh, call me, and I will come. And Jesus just said one word, come. Uh, and and I, I love that story because you know we all have a destination to get to. Uh, just like the disciples, we all have a destination we want to get to. We all have dreams. We all have hopes. We all have uh, what we want to see happen in our life. Uh, and and you know the the and and, and regardless of how uh, the, the truth is that you know um, on the way there will be storms on the way there will be difficulties on the way it's not going to be easy yeah. right and uh, and I love the story of you know uh, Jesus is telling Peter saying come uh, and he had to step out of his boat and look away from his destination because if you think about the logistics of it the boat is going this way Jesus is coming this way uh, and basically Peter had to walk backwards. Uh, and the beautiful thing is that, you know, if that didn't happen, if, if, I mean, the disciples could row as hard as they want, and they probably will get there. Uh, but the beautiful thing is that because Peter walked towards Jesus, and yeah, we read that, you know, uh, he, he may have uh, sung a bit, Jesus may have pulled him up, uh, but the beautiful thing is that at the end, Jesus got onto the boat with them, and Jesus got there with them. Uh, and I think, I think many times, you know, uh, balancing, balancing, uh, you know, our work, our studies uh, with, you know, just God. is you know, understanding that uh, even as you give God your time, even as you take your focus away from, you know, almost your destination, your focus, and just submit that to Him, uh, the beautiful thing is He, he, wants, he, he will get onto the boat with you uh, and He will walk with you there. Uh, I think that's the beautiful thing about, you know, this relationship with Jesus uh, and the powerful thing about, you know, just honouring Him. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a, just a bit of a, yeah, my, my story, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Tiang, for sharing. And uh, that's, that's a bit about how to manage work life and also your personal life. So maybe now we would like to hear from someone who's doing their PhD, and how, how do you manage studies and also your work life and also prioritizing God along the way? So, Bess, would you like to share? Sure, I can take um, this. Um, yeah, Tiong, I can relate also to Tiong a lot, <laughs> but his work hours are really quite a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think throughout my PhD, uh, being 
also um, one of the leaders in ex London and having to lead homes and also lead like a, a dream team like Expresso in church. Um, I have been put into like many situations where I have to choose between uh, work or God uh, or like work or to 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 prioritize God, so to speak. And um, I think throughout it all, like for many years, like I guess for the past three years now, um, I've learned a couple of things and I, I'm still learning. But um, what couple, a couple of things that really helped me like balance it out in a way, or if um, or kind of allowed me to to go through it um, is um, firstly it's to I've learned to live every day um, really just dependent like daily dependence on God, like really waking up and telling God, okay, I'm not going to worry about whatever's happening tomorrow. Maybe there's like a presentation or uh, a big meeting coming up uh, tomorrow or like next week. Um, today, God, I, I just need your strength to go through uh, what it is that I have to go through today. And if it's um, having many experiments that didn't work out, and I've been trying over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> um, but God, give me the strength to just pull through um, today. And I'm trying not to get emotional. <laughs> uh, but yeah, learning to to just declare each morning uh, before going to work and and um, throughout work as well. Um, and yeah, so so. The second thing I learned um, is to to also, um, in a way, remember that like God constantly reminds me that hey, I put you here as a PhD student, not just to be a PhD student. Um, like um, there's much more for you. There's much more that um, you can do. Um, yeah, and going to work sometimes. Um, you can get into a rush of things like today. I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things to do list, things that I have to do, I have to get done. Uh, but I'm always reminded that like um, even as I'm trying to tick off my to do list, I need to remember uh, to to listen to to what God is telling me as well, to um, to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, as in um, the people around me, my colleagues. Um, and to to just remember as well that they are people that are placed in my life to to impact, to speak to, to to love, to care for. Um, so that's another thing. Um, and I think the third thing is um, with work, um, being in the research field, so to speak, everyone kind of lives life, like lives lives and breathes research, if that makes sense. Like you wake up every day, you have this research question and you just continue to think about it, like read a lot about it. And, and it's almost like a 24 seven thing that you can't take a break from. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and that's 
what the people around me are living like every single day. And when this happens, sometimes you get to that place where you feel like, I'm not putting a lot of time into it. Um, um, like, because I have other things that I have to be responsible for, that other people that I have to care for, or uh, just responsibilities and really uh, priorities as well. And, um, and a lot of times it brings me to a place where I feel like, oh no, I'm not putting enough work into it. I feel so inadequate. Um, everyone's doing much more work than I am. And, um, and train of thought. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, when going through that, a lot of times uh, the verse that I really held on to um, was uh, and is Colossians 3.23. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see, make sure I don't butcher it. <laughs> uh, so it says that um, in whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord and not uh, to men. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, um, well, you do things because you want to impress your boss. You want to impress your colleagues. You want to be the best in, in your studies, in your uh, workplace. Um, and uh, you forget that truly that the, the one opinion that truly matters is what God thinks about you um, and how much um, are you um, live, um, I'd say, really doing, um, um, basically when you are doing something, uh, who is your priority? Who are you doing it for? Um, is it for yourself or is it for God? And um, this scripture um, really gives me a security and a peace to know that as long as I'm doing my best for God, it's enough. As long as I'm doing my best for God, it's enough. And no matter what people see or say about me, it doesn't matter as long as God sees me, as long as I'm doing right by God, um, that's all that matters. And <laughs> yeah, and I think um, throughout it all, um, a lot of times I feel inadequate, but I'm always reminded that um, God's grace is sufficient. And um, it is true, our weakness, that his strength shows and is made perfect. And I can say, even though I feel like I'm not doing enough, um, I've seen him just move in every situation. Um, <laughs> Be it a presentation the next day or... Like, I have a massive presentation. I have homes on the same night. I just wake up and say, God, you do it for me. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> he always comes true. Wow. He always comes true. And I, I just want to encourage you guys that if you feel like... Um, 
you're at a place where you're just where you feel like you're just doing so much um, or doing not enough or you're just really giving your all for God and, and you feel like, oh my gosh, um, everyone else is better than me. I tell you, the, Jesus is all you need. Amen. Even as what uh, Pastor shared yesterday, really, Jesus is enough. We are not enough, and Jesus is more than enough. Um, and, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, thank you very much, Bess, for sharing, and also thanks for passing the tissue to her. And, uh, um, so... We've talked about how, how, how busy you can get, how, 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 how hard it is to prioritize. We also want to talk about sometimes God asks you to take a step back and reprioritize and refocus and think about, am I really doing what God is asking me to do or am I doing what I want to do? And are these my expectations or not? So maybe we can hear from Hannah. So Hannah, if you didn't know, went on a mission trip recently so she can share some of her experiences. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so, so if you guys didn't know, for about two months earlier on in this year, I went to a country called Moldova, a um, very small East European country, but it was to do uh, like a missions discipleship training program. Um, so to, to learn about God, to learn about missions, to learn about um, cross-cultural missions, um, and to learn to put that into practice. Um, and it was something that I've been planning to do before I started work. Um, but then, as you know, COVID happened. Um, and I think from that, I was just really burnt out and I think really tired. Yeah. And yeah, I think I just, I just really wanted to take a step back to take stock of my life again and to reprioritize. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, this is something that I, that I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, but I just knew that I just needed to take a break. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that I learned uh, while I was there from some of the people there is that I think oftentimes we have this uh, unconscious separation in our minds mm -hmm. between um, our work and then between our lives and, and our faith. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, that was something that was starting to become very frustrating because, I mean, as doctors, you don't get a choice what hours you work. Mm -hmm. You go to work when the NHS tells you you go to work. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and sometimes that means weekends and evenings, and so you miss out uh, on church and home. Um, I think, yeah, so I, I think I felt like, oh, I was doing my work, but I wasn't able to maybe spend time, you know, with God and, and serving God. Um, but I think I learned in Moldova that when we call Jesus Lord, it means that he's Lord over everything. Mm -hmm. So our life, our relationships, our love, our obedience, um, and our work, everything, you know, um, and that God really wants to use our work as well to to bring His kingdom come. Because mm. um, yeah, I'm sure you guys know that there, the world is is broken, um, and I think part of what God wants to do through our work is to bring uh, wholeness and to bring healing. Mm. So um, I guess it's a little bit easier in my job to be able to see that. But, you know, if you're, if you're an engineer and you're making life easier for other people, mm -hmm. if you're fixing a system, or if you're in fashion or doing something creative, 
you know, you if you do that with the Holy Spirit, you're creating something beautiful that's also honoring to God. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm just trying to unlearn that separation that I have um, unconsciously maybe developed and, and to, because I think there is a way um, to make every job that God puts us in holy, you know, mm-hmm. in that yeah. way. Um, so I've told the Holy Spirit that I want to try and do at least one thing each day yeah. um, <coughs> in obedience to him. Wow. And yeah. yeah, so the other day I was um, trying to get this ECG. It, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, if only Rachel Lillian Sansevitsky is like super hypoclinic because like potassium is like 1.8. Like, yeah, very, very so I really needed this thing done with this machine that I just couldn't find a working one. And like in the NHS, it's super common. But um, we really needed this done. And we spent the whole day trying to find a working machine. Everyone was getting really frustrated because it was an urgent thing. I just didn't know what to do. Um, so I think I just, I had, I asked the Holy Spirit and I just had this prompting to, to go and ask another nurse on another ward um, to borrow the machine. And I mean, good enough, she, she even came with me to my ward and she happened to not be busy. And she, so she did it for me at the end of the day. And yeah, I know, I know that that was the Holy Spirit because <laughs> oftentimes I would just go around in circles again and again until I become super frustrated. Mm. Um, but I think I learned from that that God wants to be involved in the details of our work as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like I said, to, yeah, to bring his wholeness and to, to bring his healing. Um, and I think anything done uh, with the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit is never done in vain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there's this verse in Corinthians that really encouraged me that I'll just quickly share. I feel like Beth, I don't want to be heretic, so I'm going to read it. <laughs> um, so 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Um, yeah, so even though work is busy and it takes up a lot of your time, um, I think this is something I'm learning to, to work with the Holy Spirit and to let him work through, through my work as well. And I think that's really helped. Yeah. Thank you very much, Hannah. Yeah, let's give a clap. Okay, and the next question we want to talk about is, so sometimes God asks you to take a step back and think about what you're, what you're going through, but sometimes God also asks you to take a step forward and step out of your comfort zone. So, Jillian, would you like to share about your stepping up to take on the role of homes leader? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow, that's a big step. <laughs> I was actually going to start from, like, how I actually rooted down in this church first. Yeah. So, so, if... Actually, before I rooted out in this church, I was like, I was actually like, I was just like vis- uh, visiting ex London, um, like occasionally. Yeah, and then not once. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, the thing is, like, everybody else don't know my name. I mean, a lot of people don't know my name. They just, they just con, they just see me as like someone else's friend because um, before that. Before, before I rooted down in this church, I was, I was actually depending on my friend, whether or not she's going to come to church. If she's going to come to church, then I'll follow her. If she doesn't come to church, then I don't, then I don't come. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so that's like... But then, it, but then um, 
but then I was challenged to like root down in the church. Because before that, actually, I like I I didn't really like the idea of church, uh, <laughs> because because this church is full of people, and also um, and also I think in the past I have kind of I don't know why I have this this idea, but it's like I always think like sorry guys I have to apologize first before I say this. Uh, I always think like you know. Christians are a bit like pretentious. <laughs> Sorry, but, but but of course, of course. Now I know that you know you know you guys are you know um um the the the, <laughs> the kind of kindness comes from like within and is genuine and yeah yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so that was kind of like what kind of hold me back from. Um, yeah, that's that, that's just one of the reasons actually. But if you want to know more, you can come come and ask me after this. Um, but yeah, so I was challenged by God to you know to root down in the church, and for me that was scary, and I didn't really want to do that. Um, but God first like challenged me to I'm um, challenged and also asked me to you know why don't you attend um, getaway first so that was back in 2018 so 2018 was my first getaway yeah yeah this is where all it started to be honest this is where I decided to root down in the church actually because um, it was it was in that getaway um, I remember it was during a prayer session. Um, and I, and then the Holy Spirit actually asked me, like, um, Julian, what do you really want? Then I was like, what do I really want? <laughs> God, you know what I want. Um, why do you even ask me this question? Um, but I think it, it was because, like, God wants me to really, like, say it out myself. So I just say, God. I want to commit my life to you. <laughs> I want to commit my life fully to you. <laughs> and I also want to root down in, in a church. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was a step. That was really um the the little step. <laughs> the little step that I that I took. And and I I think um I still remember like um Immediately after that, actually, Pastor Kat came and prayed for me. And then she released a, like, some words to me. She said that, um, um, I, don't, I, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it's, it's something similar. So she said, like, oh, um, God knows what you really want to do. And, um, but you don't have to like, jump straight to that. You, it's all about taking baby steps. Yeah, so that really that really touched me and that really inspired me and um yeah, so ever yeah, so after that getaway, um so yeah, and then back to normal Sunday. Um and that Sunday, that Sunday after the getaway, um I just I remember I I woke up, I woke up, I, I got up from a bed, I dressed up, put on makeup already. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to church. 
today my friend is not going to church. Should I go to church? And I was like sitting there for like good, I don't know, half an hour thinking about like, should I go to church? Should I really go to church? Um, but then um, it was really the Holy Spirit like um, said to me, Jillian, do you go to church to see or see, like, do you go to church for the sake of church or do you come to see me? Like, I was like, oh yeah, I want to go. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh yeah, I want to go meet you, God. Okay, okay. Then I just, yeah. And then I just went. And that was really, that was another step. Um, and then after that, um, um, yeah, after that, like, I started attending church regularly. And then I started attending homes. That's another step or so. And then another step, um, attending um, prayer meeting. Oh, prayer meeting was scary. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not scary, sorry. <laughs> please come, please come. Yeah, it's... it's a <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, no, it, it was scary. It was scary for me because um, I... Because I think that time I, I, I had the you know like prayer to me is I I thought I need to be like I need to know how to pray in order to pray, but the thing is I, uh, yeah. So slowly I realized that you know prayer is just it's really just your just talking to God, and and really God God says like you, you don't have to fix yourself first. Before you you talk to him, yeah, this God God even says, "Come, who you were weary and heavy laden," and God didn't say, "Come, who you have fixed yourself and you were perfect." <laughs> <laughs> you you can you who you can pray pray I don't know bombastic prayer, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's so yeah. Come to prayer service. <laughs> Um, yeah, so after prayer service is serve in homes and then um, serve in Sunday service. That's another step. And then now, leading homes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> hi homies. Uh, I, think, I think the message that I want to get across is that, um, you know, Christian living is all about taking those little steps, yeah. taking those baby steps. It's always one step at a time. And each of these steps was extremely uncomfortable, um, but, um, but they were important in leading me to the next one. And then, yeah, so this is how like, growth works. And you can't skip those little steps. So, and there's no shortcut, really. Um, and also, I'm not saying that your timeline has to be the same as mine, you know, because everyone is in different journey. Um, everyone, everyone is different, and only God knows and can guide you in terms of what step you need to take, uh, take next. So yeah, so for me, because I struggle to submit all my life to God, and then, and then God said like, oh, um, start by um, going to church yourself first without depending on your friend. Start by attending church regularly. And that, that was the first and probably, probably the most basic step 
that God wanted me to take. Yeah, so, so yeah. Um, and I also just want to share a verse about this, about, you know, taking baby steps. So it's Hebrews chapter 12, 1. So it says, let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. So, yeah, so I know, like, sometimes taking those little steps, like, it takes a lot of courage. And um, besides courage, it also takes a lot of patience. Uh, change doesn't, doesn't come immediately sometimes. And, um, and also, when I took the first step, when I took like, my very first step, it's not like suddenly God, um, like, jumped from, I don't know, my priority list from number 10 to number 1. It's always like, it, it actually is from like number 10, okay, slowly to number 9, and then number 6, and then slowly, 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 number 1, yay! Yay! Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's all I want, want to share. Yeah, thanks, Julian, for sharing. And also, yeah, faith is like growing a muscle. So take, take things slow, take things step by step, do what you can manage, and then let God do the rest, amen? And yeah, please come to pray meeting. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can find out who, who Jilin thought was pretentious. <laughs> Okie dokie. So, how, how many of you guys know that when we define success, sometimes it doesn't really align with what God determines as success? So like, for example, let's say I might want to be a senior manager by 30, but maybe God wants me to do something else. Maybe God wants me to do full-time ministry. Maybe God wants me to become a pastor. So, uh, defining between... I'm not saying I'm going to be a pastor now. No, 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 Pass it over to Rachel. So, Rachel, how has it been managing expectations? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I think we, when we were talking about this question, we were just kind of, high, you know, I had to think about what my expectations of my life was. Um, and this is very embarrassing, but I'm just going to say it out loud, okay? So, just <laughs> please forgive me. <laughs> um, so, when I, yeah, so I, as I said, I came from Penang and I applied to medical school and I got a scholarship for it. And, and back then, when I was 19, I felt like I was at the peak of my life. I was like, nothing is going to get, my life is so good right now. Like, nothing's going to get better than this. I remember the day I got into Edinburgh med school, like, I literally, like, fell down the stairs because I was so excited. I literally <laughs> ran and, like, fell down the stairs. And I was like, it's okay. And I continued running, like, you know. <laughs> like, yes, I got into Edinburgh. So at that time, you know, I was like, top of my class, got into Edinburgh, like, uh, got the scholarship, going, like, you know, moving overseas. Um, you know, I was doing really well in the sports that I was playing. I was doing really well in the church and the ministry that I was doing. And I was like, this is the peak of my life. Like, <laughs> nothing can get better than this, you know. And I was just so excited, right? And came to Edinburgh. I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> like, I'm here. Everything is amazing. Um, you know, and I just felt like at that time, at that time, I thought, my life is sorted, right? I was like, at 24, I'm going to be a doctor, 25, this is so embarrassing, but just bear with me. 24, I'm going to be a doctor, 20, this is my timeline, okay? This is my timeline in my head. 24, doctor, 25, married, 27, baby, 30, millionaire. Millionaire? I was like, <laughs> Okay, that was in my head, okay? 
if I knew the salary I earn now, I was like, I'm not going to be a millionaire by 30, but okay. <laughs> but at that time when I came, I was really like, you know, like so fired up. And that was how I saw my life to be. 30 millionaire, retire by 35. I don't know what I'm doing after that. I was like, <laughs> I was very gullible, let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> and that was the expectation I had for my life. And I was like, oh, Henry's looking at me. He's like, you got no ring on your finger. I'm like, I'm single and proud, okay? So enjoy your single life, okay? <laughs> enjoy. Those of you who are single, enjoy your single life. It's the best time of your life. Enjoy it. Um, um, okay, okay, side note. Anyway, that's not important. <laughs> that, was not, that was not the point. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I had this expectation of how my life was going to be. And I was like, I was good. I'm still going to be top of my class in Edinburgh. I'm still going to be like the best doctor out there or whatever. Um, and then in my ministry, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be super successful in my sports. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play for like, I don't know, like Great Britain. Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told myself, okay. Um, <laughs> but um, as time went, I, I found myself one day when I was 21, right? So as you know, I took up the coordinator role. And, and uh, <laughs> I guess... I <laughs> I guess I, I when I say yes, let's put it let's put it in context. When I say I wasn't like Tiong, you know, Tiong was very sensible. He like <laughs> thought about his decision. Um, but when they asked me, I was like, yeah, of course, like who, of course, no problem. Like I I got this, like no problem. I, I mean it was crazy. I, I didn't even think like when I was 19, I was just like, ah, so I was like, yeah, yeah, anything, anything for the Lord, you know, anything, no problem. Which is I, I guess it's not a bad thing, but um, it's not a bad thing to be like, yes, but a few years later. I remember one day, I, I, I wrote this down, so I'm going to read to you what <laughs> I wrote, okay? Journaling. Um, okay, so, so context for context, uh, you know, uh, Edinburgh was planted in, Edinburgh was planted in 2015, and then in 2016, we had elders with us, so it was growing. And then in 2017, they left, and that was the first year I was coordinating completely on my own. So, like, the, the year before, elders were there, so I had, like, a foundational step. So, in, you know, and... <laughs> At that time, like, Exeter was really, like, you know, quite big, 30, 35, 40, really growing. That was my first year as coordinator. I'm like, oh, I got this. <laughs> and then, and then, there was so much drama around it, right? Like, some people had to be deported because of their visa issues. And then some people had to leave because they couldn't get a job. Like, it was all very dramatic. And I was like... I was like, oh, it's not going very well, is it? And then, and then I remember we decided to look for a new venue because we were, we were meeting on Sunday evenings then. And as a core team, we really felt convicted to move our service to the morning. So we found this new venue and we were like really ready to like, you know, start. Then one day, my first day, like coordinating completely on my own, okay, got an email being like, oh, next week you're supposed to go there, right? By the way, we've decided to demolish the whole building. And I was like, like, okay... God, if you didn't want that venue, you didn't have to demolish it. <laughs> calm down. Like, you just had to, you just had to say no. Like, calm down. Uh, right? And he just, like, demolished, the, like, the whole building. I was like, okay, clear no then. Clear no. <laughs> Clearly don't go there. And then I remember being, like, 21, right? Like, super, like, yeah. Like, I, my life is going to be amazing. And I remember being, like, there, scraping through the exam I sat for. Um, and feeling like, uh, and then I stood in my living room hall, right? Um, and there was only <laughs> there was only three or four of us. So we went from like thirty-five to like five in like weeks. Okay, that was the first week I was alone. 
and I remember writing this. Um, and but if you know me, I'm like quite a hype girl, you know. So I'm like, I, even though it's not like in my head, I'm like ah. But I'm like to people, I'm like yeah, we got this. So I remember I used to lead my team, right? And I would be <laughs> three people there. I'm like, you know, when two or three are gathered, the Lord is here. Um, and <laughs> and I was like, the church isn't just the four walls. You know, you can demolish the whole building. That doesn't matter. The church isn't just the four walls. Outside, I'm like yeah. And inside, I'm like oh no, oh no, it's terrible. Um, so I, I wrote this when I was 21, and I'll read it to you. Um, I used to confidently go around saying things like, when two or three are gathered, God is here. Or the church isn't just the four walls. It's all about the people. Amen? Um, <laughs> but these are words that are so easy to say until it becomes your reality. It is easy to say God is here when you have 200 people gathered. But what if you literally only had two? It is easy to say the church isn't just the four walls when you actually have four walls. Um, but what if you find yourself meeting in your own living room with no building and the building demolished, nothing challenges your perception more about what church really is or means than when you are both the preacher and the chairperson, the worship leader doubles up as expresso, the XTV person is also the host, and there is no one else in the congregation, i.e. the sofa on your living room is empty. God had stripped away all the glitz and glamour of church, all the glitz and glamour of my ministry, and God, you're asking me, do I really believe this is church? Um, and, you know, at that time, like, at 21, you know, everyone, like, coordinating a plan, being in med school, everyone was like, wow, what you're doing is so amazing. And, you know, at Gateway, you guys are, like, the best hype people, honestly. Whenever I come to Gateway, I was like, Rachel, I'm like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> but inside, I'm like, you don't know the, like, the, the feeling when you're standing in a room and there's two people, it's the wall of your living room, there's no one on the congregation so far, you are the preacher and the chairperson. And suddenly, you have to ask yourself, God, is this church? Like, what, what does church mean? And I guess the question that we were talking about was success. When I first took on the role, I expected X Edinburgh to, like, grow into, like, I don't know what I expected, like, 500 people. I don't know what I was expecting. Like, you know, like, growth in number. I expected my ministry to be thriving. I expected to be the top of my medical school and being like, yes, look at me. Again, I expected that same thing. But God had his own story and his own timeline. And what I realized, hi, Christine. <laughs> she was just waving. Um, what I realized five years later after graduating is that, you know, God was, a lot of what God was doing is challenge, was molding me and shaping me to know what he, what he's about, what he's all about. It's not always about the glitz and the glamour. Amen. It's not always about the glitz and the glamour. It's not always about the numbers. It's not always about how successful you look to the world. Um, but, you know, there's a writer called Oswald Chambers and he says, always measure your life solely by the standards of Jesus. Um, and, you know, at that time, I had a lot of soul work to do. A lot, I could say, hey, two or three are gathered. The Lord is here. And I had to really be like, oh, that really what I, what I believe about church when, when my job as a coordinator was to take care of five people, like, do I really invest and sow all my life into that five people? And do I believe that that is church? Do you know what I mean? Uh, when you don't have a big stage, light, fancy, glamour. At the same time, obviously, balancing med school and things. Um, there was one point I was really, 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 really struggling. Um, and I don't know why. Maybe it was really, I don't know. Was it really hard? Something. I don't know what was going on. But every time I sat for the exam, I was like, what is happening to me? <laughs> like, why can't I suddenly do this? Because exams used to be something that I just kind of breezed through. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It was Malaysian exams again. <laughs> it's different, different. What? 
why are you all so offended? <laughs> but like a different, 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 different exam. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. A different exam. Um, but you know, I was really, really, really struggling. And I remember at Getaway uh, two years ago, Pastor Kenneth asked me a question when we had a panel up here. Pastor Kenneth uh, asked me, because um, we were talking about kind of my plans and things. And I always plan to go back to Malaysia uh, or like not stay on in Edinburgh. And God was really challenging me to stay on for like church and ministry and things. And Pastor Kenneth asked me, you know, um, so um, you can apply to Edinburgh, right? Why you don't apply to Edinburgh? Um, and if any of you in like the medical world, you know Edinburgh is a very competitive deanery to get into. And based on kind of my grades through med school and like not doing an extra degree and things like, at that time when I was at Gateway, I remember sitting there and I was at Gateway and I was like, I don't really want to apply to Edinburgh because my grades are like, the, there's two parts of, I don't know how to describe this. There's two parts of how you get a job as a doctor. The first part is based on grades and extra degrees and papers and publications. And I had none of those other extra degree paper and publication. <laughs> I was like, oh, just, this is just my grades. And like, there were some times I really, really struggled. So I scraped through. So it was very like average, not be like below average, but like very average. Okay, very average. Um, and the other part is this like really random exam. Like if you're from Malaysia, you set for like moral studies, like completely random, right? Like you're like, whether you get 100 or zero, you don't even know why. <laughs> you don't like know what's happening. So there's this one exam that is complete. Hannah, you agree, right? It's completely random, yeah. It's completely random, right? Um, and it's really hard to do well. It's really hard to prepare for this exam. And all like if I, so when you apply for your job, you can apply to Scotland. You can't apply to Edinburgh specifically, you can apply to Scotland, which means you can get either into Edinburgh depending on your score, or you could get to like the Highlands, like. <laughs> Do you know me? I would like never, I don't think I would survive. <laughs> I genuinely don't think I would survive. So when Pastor challenged me, I think Pastor didn't know that I can't apply to Edinburgh. I think Pastor thought like I can apply to Edinburgh and maybe not get the most ideal job, right? So at this point in my life, my ministry felt like I thought like in the eyes of the world was a, like a failure. Um, and then came to med school and pastors like, apply to Scotland. I want to challenge you to believe for a job in Edinburgh. I was like, pastor, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get the system. <laughs> but I remember being really convicted and in my heart taking that risk that there is a chance I won't do well enough to get into Edinburgh. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. And so I said for this exam that you can't really prepare, prepare, prepare for. It's not scientific in any way, shape or form. It's completely random. Um, and we worked out the math, me and Jamie, my fat mate, who you all know, and in order to get the score I needed to get into Edinburgh, I would have to be the top 1% of the exam. Yeah. <laughs> so if you know, I work in Edinburgh now. So <laughs> but thank you, thank you. Please. Um, but you know, I, I remember so clearly, like I literally walked out of stage and then walked out and started crying. Because <laughs> like, I was like, oh no, I might end up in the Highlands. But like, um, <laughs> and in, in that very moment, in that very moment, I felt like a failure. I must admit, I felt like a failure that day. I was like, you know what? I, I feel like my ministry is a failure. I feel like my exams and my medical school life is a failure currently. And like that I didn't do enough, you know, as Beth was saying, I didn't do enough. And comparing to a lot of people around me, I felt like I could have done an extra degree. I could have published a paper. And here I am, chanting myself going to the Highlands. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I remember so clearly the day I got that score. I li literally, literally jumped out of bed and was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. But I also remember thinking God is so good. Um, because to me, um, everything seemed like a failure around me. The world's idea of things was, um, you know, my, the, my worldly definition of success. Um, 
was not what God had in store for me. And I can't imagine my life any differently now. Um, you know, God redeemed me in a lot of times that I really struggled. Um, God redeemed me through that score and got me to like one of the best jobs uh, in Scotland. Um, and also in terms of my ministry, God has taught me so much that, you know, church is not just about the numbers, the relationships that I've built. And I was telling pastors and Tiong this, um, you know, I was reflecting on my life and I might not have had the 70 people congregation that I always, always kind of hope for or dream for or imagine. But I've got to watch people give their life to Christ. Remember on my 21st birthday, I spoke and someone in the audience of six people gave their life to Christ. And I remember thinking like, how is this happening? <laughs> and I remember like during, you know, that we would have times where there would only be four people and suddenly a random stranger would walk in the door and then they would give their life to Christ and we would all be like, what is going on? <laughs> um, I've got to watch and baptize some of my closest friends. I've got to see people really become disciples and I would not have it any other way. So, you know, the world's definition of success is not necessarily what God has in store for you. I'm not saying don't, like, being a million, millionaire is bad. I'm not saying, like, having a really successful ministry is bad. Like, go and do all those things, but also be so um, attentive to what God has in store for you. Like, the picture... Uh, of the story that how of how you get there might seem really really rocky, but one of the verses that really carried me through something really simple, but it's in Matthew where they talk about do not be anxious. You know, there's a line that consider the lilies in the valley how they grow. Literally, just that line. And a lot of times during my life, I would be like, just consider the lilies in the valley, Rachel. How they grow? They're just so chill. They're just so chill. They get watered. They are beautiful. Everything's all right. And a lot of times when I feel really anxious, I'll be like, consider the lilies in the valley how they grow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel, for sharing, and thank you for saying yes to God. And yeah, it's good to journal. So please start journaling. <laughs> and I'm really impressed that you wrote there. You're at 21. Like, yeah. oh wow. <laughs> and fun fact: my father used to teach Rachel in high school. <laughs> yeah. And so. Uh, we have heard from each, uh, each of the panellists, so we want to give you a chance to ask questions as well. So does anybody have any questions that they would like to ask the panel? No? Don't be shy. Any, any, anybody? <laughs> if not... Oh, I think Christine has something to ask. <laughs> Okay, if not, then I'll ask the panel one last question, which is, if you were able to go back in time, what kind of advice would you give to your younger self? And then maybe we can start with Gillian. <laughs> I think for me is don't ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit and don't ignore God's voice. Um, actually, yeah. So actually, I accepted Christ when I was 15, but then... Um, it took me eight years to actually root down in the church. Yeah, so in, in that eight years, actually, I was just very on and off with God. Um, and there was a lot of times that I, I can, I mean, I, I felt the prompting to like, oh, um, Jillian, go to church. Oh, Jillian, talk to this person. Oh, Jillian, uh, you, should, you should apply for this university. Yeah, there's a lot of um, voices I mean, voice from God, actually, um, but I ignore all of them. Um, and I think looking back, it's like, um, I, 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 really, I really wish that I have 
um, um, establish my relationship with God earlier. Like, I really wish that I known I have known Him earlier, um, because I feel like that eight years I really miss out a lot of things. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's what I'll say to my younger self. Yeah. Thanks, Chile. Hannah, would you like to go next? My younger self. Uh, <laughs> I think it would probably be to um, in invest in things that have lasting value and don't stress about the rest of it. Um, and I think that means for me to... Yeah, usually that means invest in people, I think. Um, and to spend time with people. Um, and also, sleep is super underrated. If you can get sleep, Amen. sleep. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's important. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah, man. Get some sleep tonight. <laughs> okay. Um, if I were able to go back in time, um, it's a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think what really uh, um, one advice is to tell myself to stop trying to be somebody else um, because uh, I think growing up, I, I'm the youngest uh, child in the family, so I always look up to my siblings. I always want to be like my sister. I always want to be like somebody. Um, going to school, I'll see my friends, and I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to be what they are, and you work towards that. Um, and when I found Jesus, I began to learn that, yeah, um, even in Psalms it says, "You are fearfully and wonderfully made," mm. and uh, it says, "God does marvelous works, and you are made by God." and um, I had to speak that to myself, and um, I learned that, um, yeah, have your identity in, in Christ, yeah. and you are made to be who you are. You are made to, uh, to, he has his purposes for you, and only for you, and that is all you have to uh, look to. And he's the only one you have to look towards uh, to find yourself. Yeah. Thanks, Wes. Hello? Yep. Cool. Uh, what would I tell my younger self? Uh, <laughs> probably that, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I guess thinking about um, yeah, thinking about, you know, that question, uh, I kind of like to reflect, or not, like to, I tend to reflect on, yeah, stuff that has happened in my life. Uh, and, I mean, this may sound crude, uh, but every time I think about, you know, my life, you know, the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, 30 years, whatever it is, right? Um, I always think about, this one word, always, well, one phrase always comes to mind. Uh, I always tell myself, why are you so stupid? Uh, uh, so, uh, 
and I, okay, I'll, I'll explain, okay, I'll explain, okay, don't, uh, <laughs> I'll explain, okay. Uh, I think, I think, I mean, you know, I shared about how, uh, um, I shared about how uh, I, 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 uh, I said, you know, willing, I wasn't, I was hesitant, you know, taking on the role of coordinator. And, 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 and the truth is this, you know, one of the reasons was, you know, the reasons that I gave was, you know, work, right, is busy. Uh, but you know, another reason was that um, that you know when I think about who I am, uh, who I was, who I am still, right? Uh, I've made loads of mistakes. Uh, I've like we maybe like, I may be a coordinator, but you know, I think about you know, yeah, my life, and I go like, yeah, God, why, yeah, why, why did I say these things? Why did I do these things? Why did I? I've hurt people. Uh, I've been hurt. Uh, I've uh, allowed things around me to, uh, 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 yeah, to, to, to things around me to happen. Uh, I've, yeah, I'm just, I've, I've made lots of mistakes, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, none of us are perfect here. Uh, and, 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 yeah, when I think about those mistakes, I go like, why so stupid? But, 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 but more importantly, I think, you know, I shared about how uh, I said, you know, willing, I, I was one of the reasons why uh, well, yeah, I was hesitant of take, taking the role of coordinator. And one of the reasons was because, um, oh, yeah, I gave work as an excuse. But the other reason was because I always felt that I was not good enough. Mm -hmm. I always think about, yeah, this is who I was, who I still am. There's so loads of things I need to work on. There's so much insecurities. There's so much uh, imperfection. Uh, and, and, and I always think, you know, like, you know, like Pastor shared yesterday, you know, I always think, you know, when you know, Pastor spoke, you know, he really spoke to me because I'm the kind of guy that always go like, you know, I'm not good enough. And I can think of so many times uh, that I use that excuse uh, when the Holy Spirit has prompted me, you know, going back to Jillian's point. Uh, and, and, you know, I remember, I can, I can, even though I'm the colleague, I can remember so many, many times that, you know, Pastor Dave or Pastor Cat challenges me to do something. Uh, and I say no. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, pastors, for being so gracious. Uh, for, for you know, saying okay, no problem next time. Uh, but, but I can remember so many times I said no, and, and the only reason why I said no was because you know I'm like, yeah, I'm scared. I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm not eloquent enough. I'm not charismatic enough. Or you know, uh, 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 yeah, I, 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 I made loads of mistakes in this area of life. I can't speak to this person about this, this thing. Uh, and, and so. Um, and, and I can think, you know, even, I remember a story, you know, even at the workplace, at my workplace, uh, there was this uh, very tough client to work with. Uh, and, I, yeah, I deal with my clients a lot. Uh, and, you know, she's very difficult. Uh, she's known to be, you know, super difficult. And, yeah, uh, um, my team was, you know, complaining about her. Uh, uh, and, and they were like, you know, they always go talk to her, then they come back, they go like, this fella, uh, like, waste my time, waste two hours of my time sitting down with her, then they always, always cuss her out, right? <laughs> In the in in the in the meeting room, uh, when it's internal, okay, uh, <laughs> not when she's there or when her, her colleagues are there, right? But then I remember I remember one of the one of the days, you know, I I I was working late, uh, so I was there at my client's office, uh, and uh, I my team left, and so I was like, you know, I'm there, I just need to finish up some stuff, uh, and I remember walking out of the room that we were in and into where most of our clients sit, the, the standard area, and I saw that lady there. Uh, and so I thought, uh, why not be nice? Just go say hi, right? And I said hi to her, uh, and I was scared, lah. Okay, uh, I was scared. 
Uh, and, 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 and then she looked at me and she said like, oh, you're still here. I was like, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then I was like, oh, you're, you're late? Uh, and then she was like, oh, yeah. And then she started sharing about things at home. Uh, she started telling me that, you know, her husband, uh, okay, okay, this is, okay, I can't disclose, I think. <laughs> not patient, not, not patient, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, her husband basically has uh, a chronic, chronic uh, or terminal um, uh, uh, disease, uh, and, you know, uh, uh, you never know when he's going to go, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and at that moment, at that moment, I felt my heart, you know, filled with love, right, and compassion. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, pray for her, you know, offer to pray for her. But sadly, I didn't. Uh, and, you know, and, 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 and the only reason I thought of that, because, you know, I'm, I go like, you know, I'm not good enough. Uh, you know, Lord, I don't know how to pray. Uh, and every time I think about that decision, I, 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 I think about, you know, what would have happened if I just hadn't been so stupid to let all these voices, all my past mistakes, my past imperfection, and my current imperfection, my weaknesses to cause me to say no. Uh, and yeah, it's something I'm still learning. Uh, so if it's something I can tell myself, I guess it's, yeah, don't be so stupid. Uh, <laughs> but not, don't be so stupid that you're making mistakes, but don't be so stupid to allow uh, my imperfections, my weaknesses to say that I'm not good enough. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> um, I think for me, I would tell my younger self, girl, you have no idea what God's about to do in your life, in exactly that tone. <laughs> girl, you have no idea what God's about to do in your life. Um, and I know many of you might have just started university or just came to the UK this year, or some of you, you know, transitioning to uh, a season of working and things. But, you know, what I expected God to do in my life, I now look back and I'm amazed at what God actually did. Um, you know, I thought I would be really, really successful, as, um, and, I told, and I am, but just in a way... Um, very different to what I anticipated. Um, you know, the, the kind of deep soul work that I've had to go through over the years just to learn more about God and who He is, what God has taught me about myself, what God has taught me about Him, what God has taught me about community and what doing church is really all about. Um, and that, um, you know, every life matters. He would leave the 99 to look for that one. Um, you know, every life, um, even if we all met today for that one life, it would... Um, you know, it would be so worth it and so uh, precious, that one life going to Christ. Um, and, yeah, I think I, I, I would tell myself that I, you have no idea what's in store for you uh, in the best possible way, not like in a bad, like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> um, and even, you know, in, in, in seasons going through that, um, to trust that God is in control, to trust that he has this story um, and, and now I get to leave uni with a beautiful testimony. I get to leave the UK when I do with an amazing testimony. And I pray that over your lives. I pray that, um, you know, <laughs> I pray that, um, that you have that story, you have that testimony. Um, and sometimes um, it's just about trusting God in that process, just trusting that he has such a great plan for you. Um, so, yeah, you have no idea what God has in store for you. Yeah, thank you. 
Thank you. I hope you guys have been blessed by what the panelists have had to say today. I, I know I have. So please feel free to speak to them throughout the camp, get to know them more, get to know more about their experiences. They have so much more to share, but we only have a limited amount of time now. So please allow me to end with prayer. Amen. Thank you God for today, Allah. And today I want to pray for a particular group of people that are seeking the boldness and the courage to share your word in the workplace or at school, Allah. We pray that they'll be able to prioritize you in whatever that they do and not be afraid to say, oh, I'm going for homes on Wednesday. Oh, I'm going for church on Sunday when people ask them, what are you doing this week, this week or what are you doing this evening a lot? We pray for the boldness and the courage to always proclaim your word in their lives a lot, to prophesy your goodness a lot, to be able to surrender each and every challenge into your hands a lot, knowing that you will always provide for them a lot. We pray that they will always look to you first and not last a lot. We pray that they will be able to grow that faith muscle a lot, little by little, a lot, according to what you think they can handle a lot. We pray that they won't burn out. We pray that they will do it according to the pace that you put them through a lot. And we pray that they will have a good time doing it and focus on you throughout the journey a lot. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.